You're about to listen to a message of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruit in your heart now and always. Glory to Jesus. We bless the name of the Lord for such a wonderful time of worship. Welcome back. And if you are just joining us, if today is your first time of joining us in this Dominion Saints Church service, powered by New Wine NG and Foundation of Truth Assembly, I welcome you specially. I know that you did not come here by accident. The Lord will meet you at the point of your need in the name of Jesus Christ. For the benefit of those of us who might have forgotten or those who are just joining us, in this month of August, we started a series called Matters of the Mind. Matters of the Mind. And we began by examining how you can prevent your mind from becoming a dumping ground for the arrows of the enemy that pollute the mind, that create a mindset that either promotes success or failure. And last week, we began on the topic, mentality of losers. It was such a very interesting and very large one. We couldn't finish it, so we decided to stop it and continue today. So by the grace of God today, we shall take the concluding part of mentality of losers why do some people lose and some other people fail and some other people succeed and some other people prosper why we have established that is essentially a result of how their mind works the sum total of the thought patterns in their heads their mentalities is largely responsible not demons but how people think is largely responsible for the outcomes that people have in life. And while it is easy to point fingers at other people and other things, yes, we know that there are environmental factors, we know that there are spiritual factors, we know that there is family background and limitations, but people have risen out of these obstacles and have gone ahead to succeed sustainably. So we are saying there is a key that they have found, and that key is knowing what to admit into their mind because what goes into your mind is what determines how you interact with the world around you and determines the outcome that you make out of life. The Bible says that um, for as he thinks in his mind, so is he. As he thinks in his mind, so is he. Proverbs 23 verse 7. But I'm not taking my text from there today. I'm taking my text from the book of 3rd John verse 2. The book of 3rd John verse 2. 3rd John is just one chapter. So verse 2 of the book of 3rd John is an epistle. So the Bible says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper, that is succeed, excel, that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Listen to that last part. Look at the, the uh, proviso. Say, just as your soul prospers. That is, as much as your soul prospers. Hmm. You know, we read this scripture and read it in different ways. Listen to what the Bible is actually saying. It said, I wish, I pray that above all things that you will do well, that you will succeed, that you will win and be in health. To what extent? He said, to the extent that your soul succeeds to the extent that your soul prospers to the extent that your soul is able to bring out a positive outcome we have established earlier that what you have as outcome is a product of what is in your soul the soul part 
we are emphasizing today is the mind. So if your mind is functional, if your mind is set properly, then you will prosper on the external. Your body, that is your health, will prosper. Then other areas of your life will prosper to the extent that your mind prospers. Not above. To the extent. So if your mind works well, if you have the right perspectives to life, if you have the right attitude to life, your external uh, outcome will be correlated directly to the health of your mind. And that's why we keep hammering on the issue of the mind, the mind, the mind. Last week, we focused on what we call laziness, frivolity and sleep. To say, I can't keep myself oh. Allow me to flex. We say, hey, that flexing, that building fantasies is not going to take you anywhere. The Bible says those who do that, they have poverty enough. So that will not be your portion in the name of Jesus. One other thing that we hammered on very strongly last week is the idea of mediocrity. To say, well, I'm not the only one. It's happening to everybody around me. (laughs) Well, so mediocrity, we said this is not for the child of God. God hasn't called you to be ordinary, to be regular. To be pedestrian. God has called you to be excellent. To stand out. Why? Because he has given you reasons to shine. He has given you ability to shine. And he has given you a duty to shine. So you have no excuse. You got to shine. Today we'll be going further. We'll be looking at a few more um, mindsets that make people lose in life. We'll do as much as time would uh, uh, allow us today. And we'll wrap up this part of the series uh, which talks about the mentality of losers today afterwards we're going to pray for uh, some of you uh, that are listening now who are going to begin your work exams uh, starting on monday we're going to spend some time to pray with you and we know that the grace of god is upon us to transform certain virtues to you today you shall succeed in the name of jesus christ hallelujah shall we pray our father in the name of jesus we bless your holy name We give you all the praise and all the glory. We are set for your word. Lord God, we pray that you will speak to us in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray, Lord God, that your word will enter into our minds and begin to do surgical operations, cutting off things that need to be cut off, repositioning things that need to be repositioned, changing our perspectives in the name of Jesus Christ by reason of the transformational word that will come today. People will rise out of their slumber and begin to do what is right in the name of Jesus Christ. We refuse to let life run us. We take charge of life today in the name of Jesus Christ. As your word comes with light, Lord God, let it illuminate every dark area of our minds and align us unto the perfect will of God for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. God bless you. So we start. Number three mindset is, I will do it later. (laughs) I will do what? I will do it later. This is procrastination. You see, um, back back in the days, I was in primary school. I was head boy and, and, you know, we'd be on the assembly. And there was a new headmistress that came to my school. And everybody was just trying to, you know, as kids, we're always very funny. We're trying to uh, understand, uh, you know, catch her mannerisms, look at the things she, she repeats. So every day she came to the assembly ground, she always had only one message, only one. I try to say it in her voice. She will say, 
A minute wasted can never be regained. A minute wasted can never be regained. Every day, Monday to Friday, as a kid, I'm like, what's this mama saying? What's this mama? But as I grew older, over time, I understood what she was saying. Of course, I took it to her heart. A minute wasted can never be regained. And in my little experience in life, I've seen people waste time. I've seen people waste opportunities. I've seen people just allow time to slip through their fingers. And they have nothing to show for the time. Mind you, it's not because God didn't give you time. He gave you 24 hours. The 24 hours He gave you, He gave the other person. Somebody has used their time well, the other person has not used their time well. So she's saying, if you waste time now, you can never get it back. Oh, you say, oh, I will do it later. That later, you could have used the later and used the former. But you chose to dump the former in the waste bin in hope that you will use the later. So she, she used to make that statement and with benefit of hindsight and maybe age and more experience now, I see that she was absolutely right. In fact, going back now, I would have said she should be saying it not just every day, she should write it in every class because we need to learn this from a young age. By the time you get old before you learn this lesson, you have wasted plenty of years already. That's not how it's supposed to be. A popular man, Benjamin Franklin, I'm sure we know him, he made a quote, he said, you may delay, but time will not delay. You can say, well, I will do it later. Time waits for no man. As you are saying, I will do it later. Time is ticking. Take a look at your work clock, your wristwatch, as we are speaking now. Is it waiting for you? No. If you like, stop your own. Your neighbor's own is still running. Time waits for no man. And we, we like to just, I, I will put it off. I will do it later. You see, a procrastinator and lazy man, you have something in common. Last week, you know, we defined a lazy man in two ways. We said somebody who is unwilling to work. And we also defined again that is somebody who wants to rest without working. Today, this procrastinator is very similar to the lazy man. Because what the lazy man says is that, I'm not willing to do this work. Procrastinator is not saying I'm not willing. Say, but I'm not willing at the moment. I will do it tomorrow. <laughs> I will do it next. Why can't you do it today? Why? Why? Why can't you do it today? What can be done today? You say, ah, I will do it tomorrow. Tomorrow is the busiest day in the year. In fact, it's the only day that appeals to a lazy man. You say, mm, tomorrow. Then when tomorrow comes, of course, when tomorrow comes, they say another tomorrow. I will do it tomorrow. You think time is waiting for you? Those who, 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 who make it look like there's a tomorrow. They are assuming that time is their servant. That that time is waiting for them. It's not waiting for you. Jesus Christ, book of John, chapter 9, 9 verse 4. The Lord said, I must walk the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can do what? No one can work. The time to work is not tomorrow. It is today. What did I say? It is today. The time to pick up your book and study is not tomorrow. It is today. Why? If you wait till tomorrow, you don't know what will happen tomorrow. Today is what you know. Use today to do what needs to be done. You assume by postponing work that you are in control of tomorrow. You are not, my friend. 
you are not in control of tomorrow. God is in control. You can't boast about tomorrow because you don't know what will happen tomorrow. You don't know the conditions that will change. You don't know the location you will be. You don't know the obstacles that will come. So today that you can see, use it while it is day. Jesus said, there is a time when it is too late to walk. He said, the night is coming when no one can walk. At that point in time, you'll be looking for the work to do. But you can't do it. There are certain people, they had opportunities 20 years ago, 30 years ago, to go to school, to learn a trade, to master a craft. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. They were roaming about. Now they are 40, now they are 50, now they are 55. And they are looking for the same opportunity. That opportunity can no longer take them. Imagine a 55-year-old now going to enroll for UTME. How is he going to do in year one with mates in his class that are 18, 17, 19? How is he going to cope? There is a time that you can no longer do what you now wish to do that you could have done before. That's why you need to act now. You cannot postpone it and say, I will do it later. Exam is coming at the beginning of the semester. They give you timetable. This is how the semester is going to run. By so-so time, we will start our exams. Blah, blah, blah. Some people will not study. You will see them on campus. I remember them very well. From beginning of the semester, they are jumping up and down. They are going to this uh, hostel, going to that hostel, going to this party, going to that party. Just wasting time. Study. No. I will study it later. I will study. Then suddenly, do you know when they wake up? When exam timetable comes out. Bam! Two weeks to exam. Then suddenly they become serious. You see them, you now carry their bag and you start running to library. They are going to a classroom to go and do overnight reading. The reading that you had three months to do, that you did not do. You now want to do in two weeks. I think there was even a situation where somebody came out from the library after doing maybe some odd number of hours, maybe 10 hours or 12 hours of back-to-back reading. The person just came out of the, in front of the library and collapsed. And started foaming. It's not demon. No, it's because you are planning to do the job that was meant to be done in three months. You want to do it in two weeks. Say, some people will say, well, I like being under pressure. The work you could have done the entire year, you want to wait till one day to do it. Because you spent the entire one year playing and doing some other things. That's not how it works. What are you really waiting for? What do you think will improve? Tomorrow, that will make tomorrow a better day to do the work rather than today. There's a lion in the streets. And there is this. And there is that. Turn your Bibles with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Ecclesiastes 11. I'm going to read verse 4. The Bible says, He that observes the wind will not sow. And he who regards the clouds will not reap. That is, if you keep waiting for the weather. Mm, I will do it when the weather improves. Ah, the sun is too hot now. I will do it when the the sun has gone to set. And I like to go there now, but it's raining now. It's raining. When the rain stops, then I will go. If rain does not beat you, Yoruba people will say, and sun does not smite you. Do you know what will smite you? It's hunger. Poverty. That will not be your portion in the name of Jesus. It says, stop deferring what you can do. If you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. Anything. There is no perfect condition out there. You say, well, when, when it gets better, I will do it. Today is the day to do it. The antidote, that is, 
what you need to do to stop procrastination is to act immediately not to think about um when this gets better then i will do it no 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 today is the day to act why because somebody is stealing your time the name of that person is called procrastination growing up i used to hear things like procrastination is the thief of time it's not just the thief of time in fact is the assassin of time and is the person is the grave in which opportunities are buried procrastination is that grave in which opportunities are buried do you know how many people have lost opportunities because they were dragging their feet ah that certification i will get it next year then a job came today he said oh this is the certification we need you could have done it you didn't do it then somebody else who has made better use of their time will be qualified and do it there are people who exam is 10 a.m or 10 a.m instead of them to wake up at a good time wake up six say don't worry I, I can still wake up by 8. Maybe it's 10. I'll be fine. And between now and the place, I will enter bus. Then uh, 30 minutes, I will get there. You don't know what will happen on the road. But you assume that you are in control. Guess what? You did not plan well because you kept procrastinating. I will iron my clothes later. Then Nepal now takes light. Oh, what am I going to do now? Let me go and on gen or go and look for stove iron or let me go and do this. Before you know it, you are late for your appointment. Then you miss it. You say it's devil. It's not devil. You kept dragging your feet. You kept procrastinating. That's why you have lost that opportunity. So procrastination is the grave in which that opportunity has become buried. I need you to critically think about what I'm saying. When you procrastinate, what do you actually do? What you do is that you give priority to another activity. Instead of the one that is a necessity. I'm not trying to rhyme here. But listen to what I'm saying. Um, there's something we call opportunity cost. So there's an activity A that you need to do. But because you are lazy or you are a procrastinator, you say, activity A, I will do it later. But while you are waiting, there's an activity B you are doing. Whatever it is. That activity B that you are doing, you better ask yourself, is it what's trading the benefit of activity A for. If it is not, you are shooting yourself. Watch out. Procrastination is a leading cause of regret and failure in life. You keep pushing it forward, a time will come that you will now want to do it. You are no longer qualified to do it. I'm sure there were some people back in Nigeria that time they were doing uh, US visa lottery that wanted to do. They wanted to leave this country and run. But I will do it next year. I will do it next year. Then suddenly, one year just came. Just said, sorry, we are no longer taking Nigerians. There will come a time you want to do it. The opportunity will no longer be there. That will not be your portion in the name of Jesus. Let me go quickly to the next um, mindset. The next mindset is called, someone else should do it. Someone else should do it. Is a mentality that is very, 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 very deadly. In fact, I don't know if this is not one of the worst mentalities that are responsible for failure. This is not just at a personal level. It's also at a national level or community level. This is why some nations, listen, some nations will continue to be ahead. Why some nations will continue to follow? 
This is why some persons, it doesn't matter whether they are born in the same family, whether they are, they are raised in the same home, they attend the same church, they attend the same school, they are in the same class, they are in the same department, they work in the same office, they work in the same business. This is why some people will always be in front and the others will always be behind. I'll give you another example. There's a place in Unilag we call Dublin Center. Dublin Center. For those who, who are familiar with the school, you know what I'm talking about. Somewhere around engineering, faculty of engineering. You will see. We have assignment. Assignment has been given. Uh, you will submit the assignment next week, Tuesday. The procrastinators, as usual, they will not do it. They are waiting till next week, Tuesday, to do it. They suddenly, they find out that they cannot do it. Either that they don't know it or they don't have enough time to do it. Then they now activate this other mentality. I know that someone else has done it. I will just wait and go and dub it. So you get to Dublin Center in the morning of the submission day. You see maybe like 50 or, or more people gather around different different pockets around the concrete slabs. What are they doing? They are dubbing. Dubbing the assignment that has been dubbing is copying. Don't mind my lingua. That's what we call it back then. So they are copying the assignment that one person has done so that they will just also benefit from the labor of that person. We know where that always ends. Because this person you are dubbing the assignment, you cannot dub them in exam. Because in exam, exam is like Wembley Stadium. You put one person in one corner here, put another person in the next corner, you cannot do Votron. That Votron will not work. So, ultimately, you see that this, these are the kind of behavior that lead people to be doing a lot of evil things, including cheating. Why is coming and why is starting next week? Some people, they had the entire COVID-19 lockdown period to be jacking. They did not reach. They did not do nothing. Exam has finally come in their mind. What am I going to do? Okay. Uh, I have a friend. He will sit like this. We are in the same center. He will sit in front. I will sit by the right-hand side. Then our third friend will sit by the left-hand side. So if I know number five, and they don't know number six, I will teach them number five. But if I don't know number six, then they will teach me number six. <laughs> Just wait. The relator is going to catch your Votron and reposition everybody and scatter you. You cannot live your life depending on others. It doesn't work like that. And that's why you see people now go in with a mindset to go and cheat. This mindset called dependency. Someone else we do it it robs you of creativity it robs you of creativity because you gain experience and master something you gain expertise by working not by waiting to receive the outcome of what somebody else has done as a nation sad to say there are many things that we can produce as a nation that we are not producing we import everything why we will wait for china to do it then we will import it. We will wait for America to develop it. Then we will import it. That way, they will always be ahead. And we will always be following them. If we continue with that evil mindset, it is an evil mindset to wait for somebody else to do the job and I will just come and benefit. I will copy it. Of course, it's another reason for poverty in, the, in our country. Why? Money 
or profit is a reward for doing something. Is a reward for solving a problem. So if you didn't solve a problem, you didn't do anything, you are only waiting. In fact, you'll be the one paying, not the one receiving revenue. You'll be the one paying. And that's why as a nation, you, you may find yourself where you are left with no option than to mortgage your future. Because you have refused to work. You have refused to do something. It's in doing it that you master it. You can't leave it to others. You can't. There is no, there is no way that you will catch up with the person who is doing. The person who is doing is always ahead of the person who is watching. Say, I will watch. When they finish doing it, then I will copy it from them. Or I will buy it from them. Or I will steal it from them. You wait. Wait for time. Wait for 10 years. Look at the person who is doing something now. And look at the person who is not doing something. Compare them in the next 10 years. Come back and tell me if I'm wrong. Because I've seen this happen. I've seen people who depend on others for everything. They depend on others to think for them, others to wake them up, others to prepare their food, others to, to, to teach them, others to, to do everything for them. What are you going to do for yourself? What are you going to do for yourself? Add 10 years to your, to your life. What are you going to be able to do for yourself if you have not started learning how to do it today? That's how it starts. You must tell yourself, I too can do it. You don't have to know how to do it perfectly well. Start doing it. Do it again and again. Over time, you will master it. Nobody was born with, with perfection. We all grow into learning the things that we seem to be mastering today. We grew into learning how to do it. You can't go through life waiting on others to do it. Depending on others to do it. Don't be a pest. Don't be a parasite. Arise and do something for others to benefit from. Why? Because it's in doing that, that you get a reward. Blessings come when you solve problems, when you provide solution. That's how you get paid and that's how you get lifted. I don't have enough time. I would have taken you to the book of Matthew chapter 25 to read from verse 1 to 30. But I'm just going to read a few verses there. I'm going to read verse 8 and 9. Uh, the book of Matthew 25. I'm going to read verses 8 and 9. It's a very popular story. You remember the story of the ten virgins. The Bible says five were wise. Five were unwise. The unwise ones, we know why they were unwise. Uh, let, let's read. Let's read. Okay, I'll read from verse, um, from verse 6. And at midnight a cry was heard. I'm reading Matthew 25. A cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose. The ten of them, the ten of them arose. Hmm? And they did what? And trimmed their lamps. And the foolish, that is the five foolish ones, said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, <laughs> for our lamps are going out. Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, listen, and this is what the wise nations are doing. <laughs> this is what the wise people are saying. But the wise answer saying, no, lest there should not be enough for us and for you. But you, rather, go out to those who sell and buy for yourselves. Oh, yeah. And while they went out to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was what? Shut! 
Afterward, the other virgins, that's the foolish ones, came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I don't know you. What a loss. What a loss. Those who always want to depend on others, there will be a day you can't depend on that person. The person will tell you, sorry, I can't help you. I know you are used to me carrying your body. I know you are used to me washing your clothes for you. Some of us teenagers, some even that are more than teenagers, you will use your clothes. Your clothes are dirty. You are waiting for mommy and daddy to wash your clothes, to tell you to go and wash your clothes, to tell you when to wake up at your age. Mm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for you. There is a time that you cannot depend on certain people because they just say, sorry, it's not going to work. At that point in time, what are you going to do if you have not learned to depend on your own abilities? The same chapter 25, the same chapter 25, will read about the story of the tel- uh, tenants. Oh, sorry, it's the story of the uh, talents. Story of the talents. You know, the master went out, he gave talent five, he gave two, and he gave one. Guess those who were rewarded. It's those who did something with their talents. Those who did something. So, the man that didn't do anything, that had one talent and went to borrow it. One of the reasons he wasn't rewarded was not just because he was lazy and wicked, but because he didn't do anything. That's why he didn't get rewarded. He cannot get rewarded for doing nothing. Somebody who did five. The Bible says more will be given to the one who has enough already. The person who had five, he, he went to trade with it and got five extra. Said, give him. The five he got, give him. The one that got zero because he did no work. He was waiting. Okay, I'll, I'll just not do anything. This, this life, I have to take it easy. I'm not going to do anything. He got nothing. So there is no reward for doing nothing. And certain people, you know, they, they, are, they have mastered this one. I will wait at the end. At the end, when they are sharing, you will remember those of us, at least for writing my name, they will give me a mark. No, no, no. You need to do more than writing your name. You need to go the extra mile and solve a problem. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of Second Thessalonians. The book of Second Thessalonians. I'm going to read chapter 3, verse 6 to 12. I'll give you a pattern, a pattern of the apostles. See what the apostles said. He said, but we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who works disorderly and not according to the tradition which he received from us. What is that tradition? Verse 7. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow us, for we are not disorderly among you, nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge. We didn't do Tirogo. Hmm? Boros. We didn't eat anyone's bread free of charge, but we worked with labor and toiled night and day, that we might not be a burden to any one of you. He said, it's not right for you to become a burden, a pest on others. Not because we do not have authority, but to make ourselves an example of how you should follow us. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. For we hear that there are some who work among you in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but are busy bodies. Now, those who are such, we command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. 
Bible says you must do your own work so that you can eat your own bread. Don't wait for your friend to go and bake the bread and you want to come and eat. That's not the pattern in scriptures. You must do what? Eat your own bread after doing your own work. Nobody is owing you anything. Say, so after all, they are my parents. I, I, I have the rights. I'm entitled to depend on them. They are my teachers. I'm entitled to depend on them. They are my pastors. I'm entitled to depend on them. Say, so, mm, that's not the pattern in scripture. Each person should carry his own burden. Nobody owes you anything. Do your work. Okay? Do your work and reap the labor. Because if you continue to think that, oh, someone else will do it. A day will come. The someone else you are hoping will do it. We'll be hoping someone else will do it. And both of you will have nothing. That will not be your portion in the name of Jesus Christ. I go to the third and the last one for today. The third and the last one for today. Because of my time, I need to round up because I really need to pray with those who are writing exams uh, starting from next week. This one is a very interesting one. Very, very common one. It's called, it's not my fault. What did I call it? It's not my fault. This is when you see people don't want to take responsibility for anything. Anything. I'm sure you have heard it. If um, someone does very well in school, you, you scored 95 over 100. Say, man, I asked an A. I scored 95. You know, you say that to brag to your friends, you know, to your parents. But, God forbid, the same person, the day they get 37 over 100. Yeah, they gave me 37. In fact, they gave me an F. But, you said you scored an A. But they gave you an F. Which one do you want us to believe? If they give you an F, they might as well have given you that A. If you scored an A, you might as well have scored that F. Some will say, mm, well, in this life, what will be, will be. So, that is to say, I'm not in control. Anything that happens is not my fault. It's just the way it's supposed to be. Ki sera, sera. What shall be, shall be. It doesn't matter what I did or what I didn't do. It's just the way it's supposed to happen. In fact, some very religious ones, some church folks say, maybe that's, that's how God wants it to happen. <laughs> God doesn't want you to fail. You don't get it. He said, I know the thoughts I think towards you. They are the thought of peace and not of evil to bring you a future and a hope. Say so you are the head and not the tail. It's not God that wants you to fail. It's not God. Stop hiding under God. That, eh, maybe that's how God wants it. No, that's my dear. God doesn't want you to fail. He doesn't. He has equipped you with enough resources. The Bible says He has given us all that pertains to life and godliness. We are partakers of His divine nature. Have you ever heard? Can you imagine that God will write an exam and fail? Can you imagine it? Can you imagine that God will be in a position where God is waiting for another person to do the work and He will come and copy? Can you imagine that? It cannot be like that. It cannot. In fact, the moment you start learning to accept responsibility for your actions, for your choices, and of course the outcome, then you are giving me a sign that you are becoming mature. As a matter of fact, that is one of the catalysts for a mindset reorientation that will propel you to a trajectory of success in life. 
if you cannot take responsibility for your failure, then I can't give you credit for your success. I can't. Because you are saying it was fluke. It just happened. No. Success is predictable. Success is rep- repetitive in nature. If you learn the roadmap, you can reproduce the same success. It's not an accident. It's a product of series of steps and principles that you follow day in, day out, year in, year out, decade in, year out, you begin to replicate the same level of success. It's possible. So don't tell me it just happened. It didn't just happen. There are principles that you follow or you violate that can lead to success or failure. It's as simple as that. And the moment you start taking responsibility for your own contribution to that success or to that failure, get ready for a life of bliss. Because then you'll be able to say, ah, I admit, this one is my fault. So knowing how I made a mistake that contributed to a failure, I will tell myself I need to do it better next time. It gives me room for improvement. But if I never agreed in the first place that it was my fault, I can't improve. Next time I will do it again the same way and fail. And say it's the demons, it's the, it's the territorial demons, it's the family, uh, family demons, it's whatever, it's this and that. No, 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 no. You need to sit down and accept your own part. Turn your Bibles with me to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. I love this scripture. In fact, this is my mom's favorite verse. Galatians 6 verse 5. She normally tells us, hmm? she said, For everyone shall bear his own load. Everyone. Why? Read verse 7. It says, Do not be deceived. No, I've skipped verse 6. Let him who is taught... Okay, yeah. I read verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Hey! We don't like this verse at all. For whatever a man sows, that he will reap. Go back to the last mindset we said. So if you sow nothing, you will reap nothing. And that's why we said, stop waiting for another person's product to come out and you want to go and benefit. You didn't sow your own, that's why. So, this life is essentially that of cause and effect. You do this, you get the outcome. You see all through scriptures. It says, if you diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord and do everything that is written in this law, then he shall do this for you. He shall do that for you. There is condition. If you meet the condition, then you will receive these benefits. Read through scriptures. It's all over the place. So a lot of it depends on you. The Bible says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the fruit of the land. And if you choose to be unwilling, that is lazy, and disobedient, then you will not eat the fruit. If you now don't eat the fruit, you say, oh, maybe God doesn't want me to eat the fruit. Maybe the fruit is not meant for me. Maybe it's meant to be that I will not eat fruit in my life. No, it's because you did not do what you are supposed to do. And of course, we started at the beginning that there's a time to do what you're supposed to do. So, don't come tomorrow and blame somebody else. It's cause and effect. You sow, you reap. If you sow nothing, you reap nothing. And you reap what you sow. In fact, you reap multiples of what you sow. If you sow one grain of maize, you reap a cob. In fact, several cobs of maize with hundreds of seeds on them. That's the way life works. So today, if you are not sowing anything, in the next 10 years, don't come and tell me, well, things are not working. You must do something about it today. 
Today, 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 you must do something about it. You are not responsible for your gender. You are male or female. You didn't do anything about that. That has nothing to do with you. That's what your parents sold. Hmm? Your nationality, the family background you have, you know, even your age, your date of birth, you are not responsible for it. Some other people sold that one. I agree. But about your tomorrow, you are totally responsible. I hold you responsible for tomorrow. And to control that tomorrow, you need to do something today. You need to sow something today. I'm not talking about you sowing money. I'm saying sow to your life. What are you sowing into your education today? How many hours you spend studying? How many hours? You have exam coming. How many hours do you, you spend studying? But in your mind, you are dreaming. Ah, I'm going to smash that exam. A parallel. How? How? You need to invest time. You need to do your work. You need to do past questions. You need to work with your study groups. You need to, to, to practice a lot. You need to cover a lot of, of ground. You need to read your curriculum very well and cover all the books, all the chapters that are required in the curriculum. You need to sow. What are you doing? You are busy hoping and praying. There's a place for hope and prayer. There's a place for labor. You sit down and labor. In life, what skills are you learning? What life skills are you learning today? Learn how to cook. No. You will not sow. Then 10 years time, you are, you are getting ready to, to, to marry or 5 years time, depending on your age. And you find out you don't know how to, to even cook. You can't iron clothes. <laughs> oh Lord God Almighty. Well, you are, you are good at playing games. That's what you are sowing into your future. You are, you are good at doing uh, TikTok videos. You are good at sitting in front of Big Brother Ninja and watching nonsense. Watching people that are sleeping with your own waking hours. You are good at gossiping about stuff. What you sow, you will reap. And you reap in multiples. Never forget that. You need to invest into your life. What skills do, you, do I need to learn today? Learning how to ride a bicycle or how to drive a car or how to write an essay. You know, learning about financial literacy today. And it's not too early. It's not too early. What are you doing with your time? What are you sowing into? Prayer. Are you sowing prayer into your future? Are you sowing service? There was a day I was driving back from work and um, the Lord said to me, He said, part of what you are reaping today is a function of the years that you served me while on campus. And I almost wanted to pack. I heard it was audible. Some of you today, you are not sowing anything into God's service. You are not sowing prayer into your life. You are not praying to your future. And you expect you just get there. Everything will just be rosy. <laughs> Think again, brother, sister. Think again. Think again. Today, you have an opportunity to start sowing into your future and say, that future, I, 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 I saw prayer. I saw prayer. Begin to decree into next five years, next 10 years, next 15 years, next 20 years. And of course, plug yourself somewhere where you can serve God. You can serve God in your own little way today. It's a seed. Why? The Bible said, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That the Lord is not unrighteous. To forget your labor of love. So as you are sowing service into the work of God, there is a payday ahead of you. What are you sowing now? What are you sowing? 
you are sowing complaint, murmuring, and the, the rest. There is a payday where we reap what we sow. Because in, in life, when people now get to that future, they never sowed anything useful into. And they begin to see thorns instead of seeing grapes. They begin to see thistles instead of seeing uh, flowers. Then they begin to complain. They complain and blame every other person apart from themselves. They blame God. And we have seen young people who do that too. Because they, they, they spend maybe their last 5-10 years wasting their lives instead of sowing into their future. And today they have an outcome they are not happy with. They begin to blame God. This God, if he's so powerful and so loving, why is my life like this? It's not about God. Why? The proof that it's not about God is that there's somebody your age, there's somebody in your neighborhood who is rising and shining and has a, a way better life because they spent their own past sowing into the things of the future that will benefit them. So you can't blame God. That same God that you are blaming, help them to make sure that their seeds came out right. He didn't even sow the right seeds. So, it is not going to be a future of blame game. If you don't want a future of blame game, you need to challenge this mentality today. So, I take responsibility for my future. It's in my hands. It's in my hands. I take responsibility for it. Today, I make up my mind to make the right choices and stand by it. That future you want to have, paint a picture of it. Paint a picture of it. If you don't want to have the frustration of blaming everybody, you blame your pastors, it's because my pastor did not pray for me well, it's because uh, they did not fast for me well, it's because my teacher did not teach me well, if I only had, had, had a good physics teacher, I would not have failed. It's a lie. There is a path that you need to do, that you can start doing now. If you continue to shift it to others and say it's not my fault, it's frustration. That will not be your portion in the name of Jesus. I, 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 I've taught this these two weeks on mentality of losers to prevent you from thinking in those ways. Those who think in those ways, watch them. Give them 10 years. Give them 5 years. Check them. You will see that what I'm telling you today is the bitter truth. I know these words have come out a bit harsh today. It's not to hurt you. The intention, believe me, is not to hurt you. It will tell you the truth that you need to take responsibility for your life. You need to. There are things that you know that the way you are doing, if you continue like this, it will not end well. You have the power to stop it today and to tell yourself, it's not my brothers, it's not my sisters, it's not my parents, it's not my friends, it's not my pastors, it's not my teachers, it's not my neighbors, it's not my uncles that are responsible for my future. I... Mention your name. I'm responsible for my future. And today, I take a stand to make the right decision. Today, I choose not to procrastinate. Today, I will do what is meant to be done today. I will not push it to tomorrow. In the name of Jesus, I take responsibility for my life. I will not wait for others to do it. I will arise and do it. I will rise while it is day. Knowing that the night is coming when no one can work, I will arise and do what is needed to be done. I will not be a failure. Can you rise? Let's begin to pray. Can you rise? Can you rise? I need you to pray for yourself on this message first before we pray for those of our brethren who are writing Waek starting from next week. I need you to pray for yourself. My life will not end up in failure. My life will not end up in misery. Mention your name. I 
will not end up in misery. I will not end up in failure. In the name of Jesus, I will not become a loser. In the name of Jesus, I am a winner. I am born to win, born to shine. Therefore, I align my mindset with the mindset of those who win. I dissociate my mind from the mindset of those who lose. I will not be lazy. I will not be a procrastinator. I will not be depending on others. I will not be a pest to others. In the name of Jesus, I will not be in the blame game. I will not be shifting responsibilities. I take responsibility for my future. In the name of Jesus, I invest into my life. I sow into my life. In the name of Jesus Christ, I refuse to be lazy. I refuse to be lazy. I drag myself out from the hold of sleepiness, of, of frivolity, of laziness. I drag myself out of such mindset. In the name of Jesus, I shall not be a loser. I will not lose in academics. I will not lose in life vocation. I will not lose in ministry. In future, when I marry, I will not be a loser. I will not lose in family. I will not lose in relationship. I will not lose in business. I will not lose in my career. In the name of Jesus. I need you to begin to prophesy to your future. Begin to prophesy to your future. Begin to prophesy to your future. Brethren, you are sowing seeds into your future. Begin to prophesy to your future. What kind of future do you want? Begin to decree it now. Picture it in your mind and begin to decree it. Begin to decree it. Begin to decree it. In the name of Jesus. Brethren, I tell you, there is power in the place of prayer. Begin to decree it. My future will be this. My future will be that. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. It's time to sow. It's time to sow. Let that also turn together. The atmosphere is rise to sow. Arise and begin to sow what into your future. La batosa katada. Bado dila satam. Nitrotelo zusoso. Regedano shipata. Regedano suprati. Lidrobano shantalabaza. Dreketosa pratosha. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. I need you to join our brethren who are beginning their work next week. I need you to pray for them. This is kind of alms giving in prayer, by way of prayer. I need to pray for others. And it is scriptural to pray for others. The Bible says in the book of James chapter 1 verse 5, He said, if any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Hallelujah. He said he will give liberally and he does not upgrade. There is an anointing that came upon Daniel, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. The Bible says they were 10 times better than their peers. Not because they have studied longer than their peers. Yes, they did their part. The Bible says they mastered the arts and the literature and the science of the Babylonians. They did their part. But in addition to doing their part, there was an unction upon them because they decided to take a stand for for God. They said we will not defile ourselves with a portion of the king's meal. That is, they decided to be outstanding to shun. The Lord blessed them with an ability that made them ten times better. I need you to pray for our brethren today that the Lord will release to them wisdom knowledge and understanding that will make them 10 times better than their peers in the name of Jesus as they go in to write these exams that they will be 10 times better than their peers the spirit of wisdom 
of knowledge, of understanding, of counsel, of might, of the fear of God, the spirit of God will rest upon this world in the name of Jesus Christ. The sevenfold expression of God's Holy Spirit will be made manifest in you in the name of Jesus. As you go to write these exams, you shall prosper. You shall prosper in the name of Jesus. The hand of the Lord will rest upon you. The grace for excellence shall come upon you in the name of Jesus. Among the candidates, you shall be favored. You shall be favored. You will rise and come out with excellent results. In the name of Jesus, none of you will become a candidate of six papers. None of you will become a candidate of lost scripts. In the name of Jesus, none of you will become a candidate of unfavorable invigilator or unfavorable examiner. In the name of Jesus, in the process of transmitting your results, your result will not be lost. In the name of Jesus, as you enter the exam your head will not go dry you will not become forgetful in the name of Jesus your memory is enhanced in the name of Jesus your thinking is enhanced in the name of Jesus the grace of God upon my life I release you to upon you for excellence in the name of Jesus for excellence you shall do well you shall prosper you shall come up with good results in the name of Jesus so shall it be for you in Jesus name we pray I decree upon you Right now, on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you shall excel. In the name of Jesus Christ, you shall do well. In the name of Jesus, everything about you, we work together towards your doing well. In the name of Jesus Christ, physically you will do well. Mentally you will do well. Emotionally you will do well. You will be stable. In the name of Jesus, I put around you spiritual covering to protect your results. In the name of Jesus, you will come back with a testimony. As many of you who are believing God to clear all your papers in this one system, you shall come back with a testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. The angels of the Lord, I pray that the Lord will assign them to work with you. Even as you write these exams, in the name of Jesus, you will not make mistakes. In the name of Jesus, I decree to you, you will not make mistakes in the name of Jesus. Everything you have studied, you shall remember them, you shall apply them correctly. In the name of Jesus, your name will be marked for good in the name of Jesus Christ your name, your exam number your candidate number will attract favor in the name of Jesus your writing will attract favor your submission will attract favor in the name of Jesus Christ you will come back with good news in Jesus mighty name we are praying God bless you put your hands together for Jesus hallelujah amen